start a new series, uh, Faith Toward God. And this is uh, the second out of the foundational doctrines that are taught to the Christian faith in the, as listed for us in the book of Hebrews, um, chapters 5 and 6. And in today's teaching, we want to concentrate on certain aspects with, uh, with regards to faith. We want to ask the question, well, what is faith? And um, there are four basic uh, topics we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the fact that everybody does have faith, but not everybody has faith toward God. And then we want to look at the fact that faith is being fully convinced and that faith is tangible. So those are the four areas we want to touch on today. The scripture we want to open up with today around this particular doctrine of faith toward God is in Acts chapter 20, verse 18 to 21. Scripture says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you, and taught you publicly and from house to house. Verse 21, now this is what he testifies about what he taught. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. In context, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he is speaking to the elders of the church of Ephesus. Um, this will be the last time that he would speak to that particular church uh, in fact, he wasn't in the church of Ephesus. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He stopped over at the town called Miletus, and he called for the elders to come down to him. But he knew he'd never see them again in this life. And so he wanted to impart to them what he felt was very necessary to remind them what he taught them while he was in that church. Now, the Apostle Paul was in that church for well over two years, might have been two and a half years that he was based in that church. And he says that he taught them every single day, and he taught them publicly, and he taught them from house to house. Um, and then he confirms two main areas that he concentrated on when he was in that church. He said he taught them repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And so although the Apostle Paul would have taught on numerous uh, subjects uh, as per the doctrine over that two, two and a half year period, he would have you know, really expounded on a lot of scriptures. What he felt necessary to remind the elders of the church at Ephesus of these two particular doctrines that he emphasized while he was in that church. Now it wasn't just the church of Ephesus that the Apostle Paul would have then concentrated on these two doctrines. The, he would have concentrated on these two doctrines in all of the churches that he uh, planted in his ministry. So, what are these two doctrines? Well, these are the two cornerstone doctrines that are revealed to us in the book of Hebrews when it mentions the foundational doctrines to the Christian faith. And we can pick it up in uh, scriptures in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. The scripture says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And so he has six foundation doctrines that are um, mentioned pertaining to the Christian faith. And the very first two that are mentioned is faith toward God and, and um, repentance from dead works, or repentance from dead works gets mentioned first. Now when the Apostle Paul 
speaks of those two doctrines when he speaks to the uh, elders in Ephesus. Um, he refers to repentance from dead works as repentance toward God, and he, re and he speaks of uh, faith toward God as faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So he uses just slightly different terminologies pertaining to the same two doctrines. So we just need to understand that these two particular doctrines, um, although all six are foundational to the Christian faith and all believers should have a very clear understanding of all six of those uh, doctrines, these two particular doctrines are the most important of the, of the six, which is why Paul emphasized them. Now the reason that these two doctrines are uh, the most important of the six is because it's these two doctrines that determine the way the Christian lives their uh, Christian life in this life. And so we're examining in this uh, series the second of the two, which is faith toward God, or as uh, Paul called it, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Same Christ, same thing. And so what we want to touch on today is that um, we're asking the question, all right, William, what is faith? Now, just uh, briefly, the doctrine is not called um, the doctrine of faith. The doctrine is called faith toward God or faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll understand that as we get into this teaching today as to why it is that that is what the doctrine is. Um, it's not the doctrine of faith. But nevertheless, we do need to understand the concept of what faith is in order for us to be able to exercise faith toward God or our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the first point that we want to raise today is the fact that everybody, in fact, does have faith. Now, this is both believer and unbeliever alike. And that sounds kind of strange to say, well, an unbeliever, how can an unbeliever have faith? Because to not believe means you don't have faith. Well, we'll understand what the Bible talks about when it talks about an unbeliever and a believer. But uh, the point is very clear in Scripture, is that everybody, in fact, does have faith. Everybody. No one is excluded from this concept of having faith. A couple of scriptures we can look at to just um, confirm that truth to us. Mark chapter 9, verse 42, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking, and he said, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So our Lord is talking about little children that have been uh, brought to him so that he could bless them. Um, but he refers to the little ones and he says that about them, he says, whoever causes one of these little ones who what? Who believe in me to stumble. Now, Jesus is talking about little ones believing in him. Now, little ones, even those who, who are standing before the Lord on that day, um, were not believing in Jesus as Messiah. They didn't have... Um, spiritual understanding of the Word of God. But what Jesus was getting across to us in this passage is that all children, all little ones, have a natural ability given to them by God to believe in God. That is given to every single person that comes into the earth. It is God is a God of faith and He creates His creation called man. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now that doesn't only mean that we look like God from the point of view of the way we've been formed, but also all of our characteristics that we have, we have inherited from God. He has imparted to us who He is. We are offspring of God. The Bible teaches us that. And I'm talking about natural man who is born uh, into the earth. 
And so when everybody comes into the earth, they have been given by God this gift, this natural, it's not natural, it's supernatural, but nevertheless, it is naturally, they have been given this gift of faith. And the gift that they've been given is a natural ability to believe in God. Well, that's what Jesus said here very plainly. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me. Um, talking about believing in God. And so all children have a natural capacity to be able to believe in God because that's given to them by God. It's not something that they develop. It's something that is imparted as they come into the earth. Now, the way that this world is, is, is designed, it's designed to destroy faith in God. Not just designed to destroy faith per se, but designed to destroy faith in God. Because again, don't forget, Jesus said, whoever um, um, causes one of these little ones who believe in me. So he didn't say whoever causes one of these little ones who believe, simply uh, to stumble, who believe in me, specifically believing in God. Children have a natural capacity to believe in God. And that needs to be nurtured in Christian homes. They need to nurture the, the, the natural faith that all children have and encourage that faith walk in God so that those children can learn to exercise their faith in God. Not a lot of households actually encourage children to exercise their faith in God, but they all have that capacity to do that. Our Lord spoke around this subject as well again. Uh, Luke 8.25, he said, the scripture says, But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he even commands the winds and waters, and they obey him. This is the account when they were crossing the, the Sea of Galilee, and a windstorm arose, and the, and the boat started to sink. Well, it was a fairly large-sized boat. Our Lord was asleep in the stern on a pillow. They came and they woke him. They said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Our Lord gets up, and our Lord rebukes the, the wind, and he rebukes the waves, and he gets them to uh, calm down. Now, when he does that, he turns to his disciples and he says this statement. He says, where's your faith? Now, Jesus is not teasing them on the issue. He knows they have faith. God has given faith to them. They're not exercising their faith. They're not walking in it. But Jesus is saying, where is it? I know I've given it to you because you know, Jesus was their creator. He was walking the earth as the son of man, but nevertheless, he knew what was in man because he had created man. So our Lord was not um, being arrogant or anything like that. He's just saying to, you, to the disciples, now they never got it. They didn't understand you know, that fact that they actually did have faith. But the, 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 the inference that our Lord is making here, why did you wake me up to sort this thing out? Where's your faith? You guys could have done exactly what I did. Why? Because you have this faith given to you by God. You can exercise that faith. Um, it's given to everybody. So everybody on the planet has, has faith. Um, and there's no doubt around that issue in Scripture. It, now, not everybody exercises their faith, and a lot, a lot of people have diminished their faith to almost non-existence. But nevertheless, everybody does have faith. Think about our Lord's ministry when He was on the earth. Multitudes were healed under His ministry. Now, not, multitudes did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah. When our Lord did, uh, was raised from the dead, there were 500 that went to, just over 500 that went to the mountain in Galilee, where our Lord appeared to them. Um, and so that seems to have been the total number of disciples that our Lord was able to convince 
during his earthly ministry that he was in fact the Messiah. And so of all of the multitudes that were healed through our Lord Jesus Christ's ministry when he was on the earth, only that just over 500 um, actually believed in him as being the Messiah and thus went to the mountain uh, to, to see him on that day when he appeared to them. It was in that 40 day period from the time he was raised until the time he ascended into heaven. Um, he was appearing on numerous occasions, but that one occasion occurred. And the scripture is very plain. There were just over 500 brethren that were, went to that mountain. Because the Lord, during his earthly ministry, had been telling them all along the line, Guys, when I do rise from the dead, I will meet you on this mountain, and you can, I will then appear to you. And so they gathered on that day to see the Lord. And, uh, but that, the point that I wanted to get across here, that's five, just over 500. But thousands were healed under our Lord's ministry. So, they didn't believe in Jesus as Messiah, but they were healed under his ministry. Now, very often, our Lord would say to the person who was healed, your faith has made you well. And by far, if you go look at the, the accounts of healing that took place in our, through our Lord's ministry, the vast majority, in you know, the 90%, maybe more, of the healings that took place through his ministry occurred because of the people's faith. The individual who came to the Lord believed that Jesus could heal them, and there he, therefore he could heal them. Um, the, the two blind men came and uh, said, you know, Jesus, you know, he cried out for mercy. Our Lord says to them, do you believe I can do this? They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes and he said to them, be it unto you according to your faith. Now, when he did that, their eyes were open. And so it was obviously, it was their faith that got them healed. And so time and time and time again in our Lord's ministry, that's how his healing power was able to be imparted into the sick because of their faith. It wasn't our Lord's faith. Now, there were occasions where our Lord used his own faith to heal individuals. And the, uh, the blind man at the, at the uh, pool of Bethesda, not blind man, he was the crippled man, sorry, at the pool of Bethesda. That was our Lord's faith. That, that crippled man wasn't expecting Jesus to even heal him. Jesus did that of his own. And so there were occasions when our Lord used his own faith. But the vast majority of people that received healing from the Lord Jesus when he was on the earth was through their own faith. So, the point we want to get across very clearly here is that people have their own faith. They can believe. Now, they couldn't believe in Jesus as Messiah, but they could believe in this person being a prophet of God who was anointed by God to heal the sick. That truth they could grasp. And so they came to him and they expected to be healed by him, and they were multitudes. But only 500 could believe in him as Messiah. There was the difference there. But the point again is we just want to get very clearly the point across that every single person on the earth does in fact have faith. It is a gift given to them by God. Now let's go into the natural. Um, in the natural... And I'm going to be more specific because it's just an easier uh, example to explain the concept. Let's talk about a, a, a sports person who excels in their sport, whatever it might be. They will never excel in their sport. And let's talk about an athlete that achieves gold at the Olympic Games, for argument's sake. They cannot get to that point where they um, become the world champion of their chosen sport unless they believe in themselves. In other words, they believe in their ability to do what they're doing. Because, I mean, somebody who doesn't believe, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, and that's all they ever say to themselves and they'll say to everybody else, 
you know, they're not going to be able to get up there and go and win the gold medal in the Olympics. They'll just never do it. But the person who has fully convinced in their minds they have this ability and they can excel in the sport, and people around them are encouraging them and, and telling them, you're good at this, you can do this. They begin to believe in themselves, so they can exercise their faith that is given to everyone. They can exercise their faith in that ability, and it's also a God-given ability. So we call it a natural talent, but it's a God-given ability. And they can exercise their faith in that and thus bring out the best in themselves. And they will then excel in their chosen sport, for argument's sake. But that concept can be taken across to every area of life. But the point that I wanted to get across here is that it's a, a, a natural faith given to the person. And so every single person on the earth has this natural ability to believe. Now don't forget Jesus, when he was speaking about the little ones, he spoke about the ability to believe in him. Now that's where the, there is a differentiation that now takes place because as everybody does have faith, and that's just uh, the truth of the matter. Everybody has faith. As I say, a lot of people, because this world system is designed to erode faith, specifically erode faith in God. That's one of the, the, the sadnesses about the way this world functions. And you know, Satan is the god of this world, and so he's out to destroy faith in God. And he, he'll do whatever he can to do that. Let's go back to little children. Little children will believe whatever their parents tell them. I'm talking about little ones now. They will believe whatever their parents tell them. And so if they hear about God through their parents, they will believe that. If they hear about the tooth fairy through their parents, they will believe that. If they hear about Santa Claus through their parents, they will believe that. They will believe whatever their parents tell them. They're not going to question that. Now, as they grow up and they find out that the tooth fairy doesn't exist, well now, there's their faith system being eroded because when mom and dad told me this was true and now I found out they lied. Santa Claus disappears because they find out he doesn't exist. Now, what do they think about Jesus? God, you know, you told me all of this stuff exists, it doesn't exist. Now you want me actually to believe that God exists, that Jesus is, is you know, the Son of God? And so faith is destroyed. That's one of the subtle ways that Satan does this. And so we have to be so careful as to what we feed little ones. Because if we feed them a lie, no, full well, they'll believe that lie. They will because they, are, they have this innocent ability to believe. And so if you, they get fed a lie and they eventually find out that that is a lie, they will then question whatever truth they've been told as well. And so it's so important that we have to be careful what is um, fed to little children. But the point is, is that everybody has faith. But not everybody has faith toward God. Because don't forget, now the doctrine is called faith toward God or faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this, this is where the differentiation comes in between a believer and unbeliever. So in the Bible, when the, when the scripture talks about believers, it's talking about those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and, and, and God and Savior and, and God the Father. Whenever it talks about unbelievers, it's talking about those who do not believe in Jesus Christ as being the Messiah and being the Lord and being God of, you know, of all things. They don't believe that. But they have a, a ability to believe. So that's the differentiation when the Bible talks about believer and unbeliever. Purely the believer is one who believes in Jesus, the unbeliever is one who does not believe in Jesus.